0: Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ centered, word based, and spirit led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonholm, and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. So, okay, before we get into it, I thought we should pray because that's always a good way to start. Am I right? Come on, why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes? Dear God, I just thank you for the people in the room tonight, Jesus. God, I thank you for the words and the Scriptures that you've impressed upon my heart as I've prepared for this. And I just pray, God, that you would multiply them. God, I pray that tonight every person would have something that they have to take away from this message, from this sermon. And God, I pray that every person tonight in the room would encounter the living God, God. And so we, God, just come around this Word tonight. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here in the room tonight, Jesus. And we just ask that you would have your way. And all of God's people said, Amen. Well, if you're looking for a title for the message tonight, The title is pretty simple. It's You and Me. You and Me. Right from the beginning, I knew that I wanted to marry Jake. I think on our first uh, wedding anniversary, I think we were at dinner, and somewhere throughout the night, I said, So, when are we getting married? We were um, 17 and 18 when we started dating, and at that point, we were 18 and 19 and so it was a little bit like premature and I'm really surprised that he didn't like call it quits then so it was either that he's like a really awesome man which is he so is or I think it might have had something to do with the fact that we were at one of his favorite places to eat and he was just really enjoying the food. (laughs) Um, In 2014 I started to get a little impatient so we were almost four years dating at that point and I was like in my final year of uni, I was, like, so ready to, like, you know, really step out, like, into the world. It's like, okay, I've got my degree. Now I need to get married. This is, this is the way that we've got to go. But things weren't really looking that way, and I was starting to get impatient. So what does Jess do? Well, in True Jess Style, uh, we discussed about a ring. But other than that, I was completely in the dark. So I just chose to take on the mindset of always be prepared. Now, that outworked itself in a numerous amount of ways. I would buy a new outfit every weekend, just in case. Um, I would make sure my nails were done more than they needed to be. Um, And I was just constantly suspicious of any kind of like activity. Nevertheless, around July, August, nothing was really happening. And so Jess, again, was getting very frustrated. I thought that I should take things into my own hands, but thankfully I didn't. So let me set the scene for you. It's August, I'm three weeks out from finishing my degree, and um, all my friends had recently been overseas, jet-setting, wherever, I'd recently had my 21st birthday, it was pretty miserable because, like, they weren't here, and if you don't know me, and I'm a huge people person, so I was pretty sad and in the dumps, trying to finish my degree, and really hoping that I'd get proposed, but it just wasn't looking likely. So, I know, it's really dramatic, but just Welcome welcome to my life <laughs> if you don't know me that's me um and so basically I get an invitation to a dinner with all my girlfriends when they get back and uh they disguise it as like a reunion dinner like you know like we haven't seen you in ages like let's go get her dinner and I'm like okay okay cool but I was still you know sus and like trying to like work out here when is he going to pop the question so I'm like you know what I'm going to play this out a little bit. And I start playing all like, no, I'm too busy. Like, I've got, you know, so much uni work to do. I got my major work to complete. Um, I studied interior design. And so we had this, like, whole showcase thing that I needed to get prepared for. And I was like, eh, I can't really do it. And lo and behold, I got some very interesting responses. So I started to crack on thinking, hang on a second. This is more than what it is. But while I was getting my intel, Jake was also getting his intel. And so he upped his game. So... The night comes around, the girls and I, we all get dressed up, and we get ready to go out for dinner in this restaurant in Bondi. And the entrees come, the mains come, and I'm secretly sitting there thinking, okay, when's it happening? You know, when's he coming? When's he going to pull out? When am I going to get picked up and whisked away somewhere? Like, when's it going to be? Next thing I know, a cake arrives, and all of the girls start singing me happy birthday. And I instantly (laughs) realise that, All my assumptions and expectations of the susness was wrong. (laughs) And secretly, it was a surprise birthday dinner for me in lieu of them all being away. So I naturally smile because that's what you do when somebody sings you happy birthday. But there are tears rolling down my face because of the disappointment and embarrassment that I had thinking that I was going to be proposed to. My friend, she leans over to me and she places her hand on my leg. And she goes, Jess, in that like comforting and triggering way, and I'm like, I'm fine, <laughs> with tears rolling down my face. <laughs> and so we go on. We have cake. We have a good time. I settle within myself. It's not the night. We get in the car. I'm driving with Jordan and Gemma. And within a few minutes, I get a frantic call from Melissa, and she's screaming down the phone, Jess, Jess, the car, it's broken down. It's smoking. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And immediately, I snap into what's commonly known as Events Jess. Now, (laughs) let me preface this for you. If you're not familiar with Events Jess, it's a persona that came alive in a time of my life when I was the youth events coordinator. And let me just say, if you know, you know. So, I'm in Events Jess mode and I'm like, we've got to get this sorted. I know nothing about cars, so like, what hope do I have? But I try anyway. And I'm like, okay, Lisa, okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll just come to you. Don't worry, we'll be there in a couple of seconds. Da, da, da. So Alyssa and Sam had driven somewhere because they had said, said they were going to Sam's family's house to stay the night in Bondi somewhere. So we get in the car, it's Jordan, Gemma, and I. We start driving. I look up the location and I notice that it is right near this park that Jake and I would go to quite a lot when we were dating it's Dudley Page Reserve in Dover Heights and it has the most spectacular view of like the city right at night and instantly within me I'm like it could be happening but given the whole like moment before with the happy birthday and the tears I was like I can't go there again you know so I've just got to like squash that down so we're driving through the back streets of Bondi, very slowly, mind you, and I'm like, this is weird. But we keep going. And I start to look out for where I think Sam and Alyssa are when all of a sudden I see this glow of light. And what I see at the left side of the car is this huge, will you marry me sign. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> All along, I knew it. And Jordan and Gemma were like not really catching on, and I was confused because apparently there was a malfunction, and the sign wasn't meant to be on. So Jordan keeps driving, and I'm screaming, being like, "It's for me! It's for me! Where are you going?" And she just keeps going, and eventually she pulls over like a block away because I was probably about to jump out of a moving car. I rip off my heels, I leg it across the park. Jake appears, he meets me, he holds me, he calms me down. He tells me to take a breath. Then he gets down on one knee and he says to me, I've been wanting to ask you this for a really long time. Will you marry me? And I said, yes, of course. And so this is the sign that he made me. It's very hard to see on the screen, but over there is like the Harbour Bridge, like in the background. It's beautiful. And so I said yes. And like I said before, the rest is history. Personally, I think that all the angst made for such, it made for a very entertaining time for my friends. But for Jake and I, not so much. The reality is, is that Jake had it all along and he knew exactly what he was doing. Matthew 6, verse 25 to 30 says this. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Consider the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides for them, each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. And yet not even Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty like one of these. So if God has closed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need? You of little faith. How often do we pray faith filled prayers and say faith filled declarations about God providing for us, protecting for us, being enough for us, only then to actually doubt His delivery or execution? When the reality is, is that He is enough. He is enough. Verse 26 says Consider the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? My Omar loved birds. And I remember um, growing up with her, my mum and I lived with her for a number of years, and she loved watching birds. More than watching them, she actually loved listening to the birds. You would often find her um, in the mornings out on the back porch or just looking through a window, having her morning coffee, watching and listening for the birds. She saw beauty in them. She was fascinated by their colours, their their sounds, and just their general behaviour. It really intrigued her. I don't know about you, and I don't know if you ever considered birds. I personally am not a bird watcher, and I personally don't really consider the birds. But when I do consider a bird, in this case, I naturally think about what they don't have. I think that they don't have the cares and responsibilities that I have, that their world actually looks very different to what my world looks like. Yet in this scripture, God wants us to consider them. And it's not because of what they don't have that he wants to draw our attention to. It's actually because what they do have. See, the birds actually have freedom and they have a certain peace that my Alma actually understood and knew. Matthew 18 verse 1 to 3 says, At the time the disciples came to ask Jesus, who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Jesus called a little one to his side and said to them, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. In year eight, I went on a holiday to Fiji with my dad and his family. And I have a cousin, his name is Alex, and um, he, like me, we're only children, and so growing up, we were quite close And um, over the years, there was just a number of things that he got us into. He was just always so curious and intrigued and just wanting to just have the thrilling life, right? And so there was a family holiday house that my auntie and uncle had down um, in Sorrento in Victoria. And we would go down there in the holidays. And in one of their properties, there was a tree that had like a, it wasn't a cubby house. It was just like a platform like up elevated in the tree and then like a Tarzan rope. And one day Alex is like, I reckon we can swing from one tree to the other. And I'm like, yeah, you're dreaming, but okay. And so we try and lo and behold Jess ends up winded with a sprained ankle on the floor attempting to get from one tree to the other. Another time um, he went through, like Jackson, he often went through phases and he went through a go-karting phase. And he built all these billy carts with my uncle. And um, there was this one time their holiday home was kind of like in a cul-de-sac and like right at the top of a hill. And Alex wanted to see how much air he could get with this billy cart going down the hill, despite the fact that we were told not to ride the billy carts down this particular hill. And so what do we do? We ride the billy carts down the hill. And let's just say we very much learned our lesson. (laughs) But on this occasion in Fiji... Alex and I were just, I don't know, around the pool or something, and um, he said to me, he goes, hey, cuz, maybe we should go for a kayak across the bay. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now, this, like island that we were on was kind of shaped like a horseshoe and so from where we were like if you went to the shoreline you could see the other side of the bay and we'd seen adults go out we'd seen heaps of people like going and kayak and it looked like so much fun we we're like we're wondering what's on the other side of the bay like it looks really like peaceful and it looks like there's a really some beach over there there's probably some awesome rock pools maybe there's some like you know animals that we can find who knows let's just go so we hop in a kayak and we go we start paddling and paddling And, you know, the water's that beautiful, like, aqua blue colour and so clear. You can see everything underneath you. And the sky's clear and there's a beautiful gentle breeze. And so we're paddling and paddling and paddling and paddling. And the other side of the bay doesn't really seem to be getting any closer to where we are. (laughs) And I'm probably more aware of this than him. But with my cousin, I very much play the role of, like, I don't want to look lame. So, like, I just go with the flow, you know? And so we're paddling and paddling and paddling. And what become what was like clear kind of blue water and nice clear skies turns into gray skies with stormy clouds and treacherous seas. And we are stuck in the middle of this bay with like no idea what to do and no ability really to get to either side of the shore because it's just both as far away from each other. So what does Jess do? I panic. And I am screaming at my cousin and I'm like, why did you do this to us? Like, why did you think this was a good idea? And I'm like regretting my decision and I'm like, why did I, why did I trust you? And so we look back towards shore and we start like trying to paddle to get back and like the current's now against us and so we're not really moving anywhere. And all of a sudden we see like a boat in the distance and both of us are like, we think it's coming, like maybe it's coming. But like given we didn't gauge the whole like bay thing too well, we were kind of like, we don't really know. But sure enough, it was my uncle and he'd seen us go out He'd also seen, unlike us, that the weather was changing. And so he sent the hotel staff to come and get us. And let's just say I, after that scenario, had very little trust in my cousin ever again. It's truly amazing what wide-eyed wonder will get you to do. It disregards all logic and instinct because childlike wide-eyed wonder will override all reason and get you to do the wildest of things. One of my favourite things um, about being on our creative team and leading our church in worship is hearing you guys all sing. It's honestly the best. You ask any one of our creative team, they'll tell you the same thing. Getting to be on this platform and and just hearing your voices and your hearts sing out to God, it is so angelic and so heavenly and it is beautiful. And um, I joined our creative team when I was in youth, uh, we had our youth program out in the foyer in those days, and I remember one of the first times I was ever on, I actually fell off the stage. Thankfully, that stage out there isn't as big as this one, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but it definitely was embarrassing, and I do remember it. And um, But back then, we didn't have all, like, the fancy technology and kind of everything that we have in here now. It's very schmick and very professional. And um, so in the last few years, one of the things that I've had to get is a set of what we call in-ear headphones, Now, in-ear headphones, if you don't know, um, all of our band and singers wear them. And um, they wear them so that our music director can communicate to us and guide us through the set. Um, We wear them so that we can keep in pitch, so that we can hear, you know, for the singers, we can hear the other harmonies, we can keep in time, all of that. But here's the thing. I don't exactly wear them the way that you're meant to wear them. See, what I like to do is I like to wear them with one ear in and one ear out. Because I really like to hear you all sing. But as Jared loves to tell me all the time, that is very, 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 very wrong, Jess. And so every time I'm like, excuse me, sound man, can I just have a little bit more? He's like, just put your other headphone in. (laughs) He gets very annoyed. But anyway, so even though I know that I should have this other headphone in, I realise that it's terrible for my hearing, which I already have really bad hearing. So I'm not exactly, he- I'm not exactly helping myself. I don't get a full mix of the sound by having one headphone an out. And so what happens is, is I get an out of balance mix, right? And often we approach our relationship with God in the same way. We know that he's enough. So we know in our spirit, we know in our heart that he is enough. But the challenge isn't that we don't think he's enough. It's actually that we don't believe that we are enough. So we go through life with one headphone in and we go through life with one headphone out because what we're trying to do is we're trying to hear what we think we need to hear or we're trying to do what we think we need to do to be enough. We're still technically connected to God because we've got that one headphone in. We're still technically in relationship with God but we have this out-of-balance mix of the life God has for us. See, the second thing that we need to understand tonight is that while he is enough, you too are enough. For most of my life, I personally have really struggled to believe that. Growing up, um, my mom and dad lived in separate homes, and I thought that was normal until I realised that it wasn't. Uh, My parents separated when I was a baby. And so it's literally all I ever knew. I remember loving having every second weekend at Dad's. I thought it was a treat, thought it was a holiday. And um, most of the time we'd spend that time with family or with his partner at the time. When I was seven, my mum and I moved from Melbourne to Sydney. And um, what was every second weekend turned into every school holidays. And I'd go down get on a plane as an unaccompanied minor and uh, go spend a week or so with dad at school holidays. And again, we would spend the time with family or with his partner and there was this common theme of really then not ever being a lot of dad and I time. And I think over the years, the seed was sown, the, the thought, the question, am I enough? And the truth is, is that what my reality presented to me led me to believe that I wasn't. I would hope and hope and hope that I was enough. I would hope that I'm enough for my dad, for him to visit me rather than me having to visit him. (laughs) I would hope that I'm enough for him to want to get to know me, the real me, not just through the same three questions he asks me every time. I would hope that I'm enough for him literally to do anything for me without me having to ask or give him a good enough reason as to why he should. This thought, am I enough, it literally has been my way of life, my way of thinking. It's the lie that plays on repeat. It's the inescapable lens that everything I experience gets viewed through. It's the crutch, the thing that I know that I'm better off without, but the thing that I've become far too familiar with, and I just don't know how to live without it. When my parents separated, my mom reconnected with Jesus and... Um, she knew she was desperate to rewrite a very broken, lost and traumatic family story. And thankfully, unlike anyone in my dad's family, I can officially say, I can say that all I've ever known is a life with Jesus. All I've ever known is a life with Jesus. And thankfully, because he is enough, I've learned, <laughs> and I'm continuing to learn that I am enough. I've spent far too much of my time striving to be enough when the reality is is there isn't a single thing that I could do to be more enough. I've realised that there are two different positions in which I can be enough. There's a high seat in which I can take and I can sit up here and I can seize opportunity and i can exert myself and i can try my hardest to work for being enough i can try my hardest to be enough i can try and try and try and try and try and technically it's still enough but the journey that god's been taking on taking me on is a shift from this position to this position where i actually just sit and reside in the fact that because he is enough, I am enough. Because he is enough, I am enough. I don't have to try. I don't have to strive. But I actually just get to be enough. And so when I'm confident in the truth that I am enough, I become like the birds of the air. I become like the flowers of the field. I become like a child with wide-eyed wonder and I become fully free and satisfied in Him. Church, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe for you tonight, the thought that plays on repeat in your mind is, am I loved? Am I seen? Am I known? Am I wanted? And I could go on. The honest truth is that there is only one person who can answer the cry of your heart and his name is Jesus Christ. I know that because he answered the cry of my heart time and time again. Tonight, I want to give everyone in the room a moment to ask themselves the question, do I have a relationship with the God who is enough? Do I have a relationship with the God who can answer the cry of my heart, who can meet me where I'm at, the real me, all of me, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Do you have a relationship with that God? If the answer to these questions tonight is no, then you're the person I want to pray for tonight. Before I pray, I'd love to know who I'm praying for. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, If that is you tonight, I just want you to slip up your hand right now in this moment. It's just me and a couple of other trusted leaders who are looking. You're sitting there tonight and you say, that's me. I need to respond in this moment. That's great. Come on, if that's you tonight and you just know in your heart of hearts the questions, the thoughts that are playing on repeat in your mind. And you need to know tonight the God that I've been talking about, the God that says he is enough. I'm just going to wait 30 more seconds. Come on, that's so good. So good. Church, would you repeat this after me? Dear God, come on, dear God, thank you for loving me just as I am. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. Come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I declare you my Lord and Saviour, now and forever. I now believe I am a child of God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate those people tonight? That is the best decision that you will ever make. And one of our team, they'll come up to you afterwards because we just believe in prayer here at Horizon Church and we believe in family. And so we want to come alongside you in the walk and the journey that you've just said yes to. How good, church. Come on, would you stand with me tonight? This past year, um, it's been a lot of things for a lot of people. I know it's like the common thing that we probably keep talking about. But um. For me, this past year has been a year where I've felt that I've been stripped of everything that made me feel enough. It's felt relentless. It's felt like this intense grief, um, a constant sense of loss, a constant sense of deep sadness, all because the things that I'd built into my life had become the things that my life was built on. I felt so confused at times. I felt lost in who I am. But in all of that, God's been doing something. He's been teaching me and showing me that how I approach Him, how I approach Him is key to accessing His fullness. Let me put it for you this way, because we're about to worship, right? For so long, I've approached Him like this. I've approached Him with arms stretched wide, Standing, worshiping, believing, declaring, singing my heart out, seeing if I can get my hands any higher. But what I feel in the past year that God has been bringing me to, and what He's been saying me saying to me, is I don't expect, I don't need you, Jess, to stand like this. I don't need you to be like God. Have my heart. Here I am. Have all of me. Have Your way. How He wants me to approach Him is God, here I am, have my heart, have all of me, take me as I am. I want all of you, I am in, fully surrendered, fully in awe, fully ready to receive all that you have for me, Jesus. I don't need to be anything more. I don't need to be anything less. I don't need to prove myself. I don't need to try and access you, God, because you are here and here I am. And so tonight, the team are going to sing this song over you. It's called Have My Heart, funnily enough. I did plan that. (laughs) And the lyrics of this song, it talks about how we are enough and how there's nothing more than we could do that could access him anymore and how we just need to be. And so I'm going to get the team to sing this over you and then I'm going to come back and we're going to do some ministry. But tonight, would you just... It's funny, you know, Jackson got up here earlier and it's almost like he preached my word in, you know, coming out of worship. Would you tonight just authentically be you? Would you tonight do whatever you need to do? If you need to go to another seat, if you need to get on your knees, if you need to lay flat on your face, what this moment is, is it's about being authentically you and worshipping God, not in a way of God, 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 I'm here, have me, but in a way of like, God, here I am have your way, have my heart. So right now, get into that position, get into that moment. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.